Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noel Cordo. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Life Coaching. It is Noel today hosting Brianna Firestone, our one and only Lumia instructor, who is also a money healer. Brianna, welcome. How are you? I am so good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am delighted to dive into this topic. So many of our listeners want to hear from real coaches out there in the world doing the damn thing, and you are. And so I can't wait to learn all about you and your coaching business. So give us a sneak preview. A sneak preview. Oh my goodness. Well, elevator speech, and I'll tell you how I got there. I spend my days teaching individuals who identify as women plus how to heal their money wounds, pay off their debt, eliminate money stress, all of this really so that they can actually create financial freedom and spaciousness to have their money work for them so they can actually build a life that they love. And I came to this work probably how most individuals come to their niche. And it was something that I struggled with so hardcore in my 20s. And I actually love sharing the story because it makes me giggle when I just think about it now. I remember getting my first credit card when I was 18. And I immediately went and bought some CDs. (laughs) I'm aging myself. And I just thought like, oh, this is free money. The only thing I'd ever heard was credit cards are bad, but I didn't actually receive any knowledge around what that actually meant. I go to college and I start to develop a pretty healthy shopping habit with other various store cards. Fast forward, I moved to New York City when I'm 21. And by the time I'm 23, I am $30,000 in credit card debt. I have $20,000 in student loans, which unfortunately is quite low compared to today's standards. And I barely made $30,000 a year. And, you know, you don't have to be a math genius to figure out that it was not in a very good spot. And I remember just feeling so stressed out and under the water when it came to my money. And I also remembered seeing individuals growing up parents, other adults in my life really struggle with money and be stressed out about it. And I remember telling myself, I'm never going to do that. And so here I am finding myself as a young adult doing that. And I had this aha moment of realizing I wasn't taught how to be anything different. Everything in my environment taught me how to struggle with money, taught me how to rack up credit card debt, taught me how to live paycheck to paycheck. And so I'm a pretty stubborn person. I've got a lot of grit. I decided I am paying off this credit card debt and I created a budget with what little Excel I knew. And I really just grit, sheer grit and willpower. I paid off that credit card debt in less than three years. What I failed to realize at that moment was I didn't address any of the behaviors or the habits behind it. I simply started to make more money. And so I spent more money although I didn't put it on credit cards. I wasn't necessarily using my money in a way that would work for me. Fast forward, I get married, I move to Denver, 
and um, there's a pretty large financial situation that we were going through at the time. And so I had to do something drastic and I gave up shopping for a year. And anyone who knew me at the time was telling me, there is no way you're going to be able to do that. And of course I'm stubborn. I was like, well, now that you've said that, I am totally going to do it. And I gave myself rules. I couldn't buy anything I didn't need, you know, no shoes, handbags, essentially the wants. And I did it. And that year exploded my mind because I finally connected the fact that money wasn't complicated. Humans are. And it was not about the money. There was so there was so much deeper than that. It was about the habits and the emotions and the behaviors that I had around money. And really what money and shopping was doing for me was trying to fill a hole of some other things that I needed to do. And once I had that lightning bolt moment, I thought, holy smokes, is anyone talking about this? This is exploding my brain. Like, people have to know about this. And so I would, <laughs> I would get friends. They would be like, I want to do a no shopping. It's like, okay, let's do a no shopping. And I eventually created my very first course, which was the 90 day no shopping challenge. And that is how I kind of stepped into the coaching world. And really for me at that space was also identifying I need a deeper level of understanding around coaching, around psychology, around trauma, other things, because those are very present when it comes to money, because it's really not about the money. And so that is when I stepped into Lumia. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you are both an alumni of our program and also a, a really valuable instructor and role model for our community. You've done a lot of, in addition to um, teaching our entrepreneurship class, you have done a lot of special lectures for our uh, business retreats. What are some of the topics that you've had a lot of fun running for our community? My gosh, so many. Most recently, we talked about money wounds. It's it's the cornerstone of how I teach, of how we go back into our money stories and really understand what's there in our subconscious. Because believe it or not, by the time you're nine, you have a lot of beliefs about money that you're probably not aware of just you know by your brain developing in your younger years. And so we've done a lot around that. We've done a lot around money as an entrepreneur. How do we start to get an understanding of our money flow? How do we start to build a relationship with our money so that we can actually track it? How do I understand and know what kind of day I want or what kind of flow do I want so I can know what types of programs I want to create? Do I want to do one-to-one all the time or do I want to do a group coaching? And so we've done a lot of what I always try to do is I want individuals to understand the mindset and I want them to understand the emotions and their behaviors. And then we get to move into the tactical because we're going to have to meet, we're going to have to use the tactical at some point. And for new coaches stepping into a space where they're, it's the first time they're an entrepreneur, money is one of the things that is at the forefront because they're in a space of not knowing if they're going to be able to swing it or not. Like, can I make a living at this? And so I love teaching classes that help help coaches have the tools so that they can gain the knowledge. Knowledge is power. Like 
I always say, let's run the numbers. Did you run the numbers or are we freaking out just to freak out? <laughs> right, right. And sometimes it's like, you know, those freak outs can be a little bit cathartic, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> we don't need to bypass it. Yes. <laughs> we're all allowed to have them. I, I heard you say some really important stuff that I want to highlight. And one of the things when I was listening to you talk about, you know, the mind explosion of the year that you had and running your first program and then really turning your own dial to get curious about the nuts and bolts of coaching itself, coaching methodology, how mm-hmm. we understand the human psyche, you know, how we work with it. And oftentimes when folks are coming into the space of coaching, they very appropriately, very correctly say, hey, this is something that I myself have overcome. For you, it's your relationship for money. For me, um, it was my relationship with body image and my agency and professional capacity as a woman. And there's this idea of the thing that I overcame. And Folks who aren't practiced or don't really understand that coaching is is a facilitation methodology kind of miss the point and think that they're going to be giving people direct advice mm. on how to do the same thing that you did, which is impossible for anyone to replicate another person's path. So what does it look like for you when you were going through coach training and then putting that knowledge into practice, how do you separate the information that you deliver with your niche as a money healer and the methodology of leading folks through their facilitation process as a coach? Oh, that's so good. And I I imagine that for many, that can be a very gray space to be in. And it certainly is in money, right? Because I'm also teaching them best practices. But I think the first thing that's really important is to understand that we're all different individuals. And so my story and how I did it can inspire someone, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's how they're going to do it. And so for me, you know, when it comes to money, I'm going to teach you quote unquote best practices, meaning best practices when it comes to money are almost always in a space that are going to save you money. Right. So it's in a, it's, you know, getting a lower interest rate or not carrying credit card debt. But what those things don't take into consideration is the individual. What are the values for their life? What are their goals? What kind of lifestyle do they want to live? What's their risk tolerance? And so for me, I will step into a space where I'm teaching individuals best practices and why they are best practices. And then I tell them, you get to learn these so that you know when to break the rules for yourself. And so that's where the coaching space comes in, which is where I spend most of my time with my students. And the biggest part, which I always tell them, and I, and I remember this so hardcore from when I went through Lumia as well, is that, you know, we're not giving directions, we're guiding, we're like shining a flashlight. And so for me with my students, I tell them, you always know the right answer for you. We are going to be doing the work around helping you build trust with yourself. Know thyself. Knowing yourself is going to be one of your biggest assets when it comes to running your money because then you get to say, say a student's like, well, do I pay off this credit card debt or do I create an emergency fund? Mm -hmm. And I get to ask them, 
well, how does each one feel? And then they get to talk through that. And it's like, cool, which one do you want to do? Well, I want to do this one. Great. There's your answer. There's your <laughs> Like, you know yeah. what it's going to cost you, you know, but it's not at the, um, you know, at what risk, right? So, so I am very much in a space of guiding students because I want them to listen to their body. I want them to listen to their emotions and ultimately give themselves trust. Like, yeah, you can put money on a credit card to start your business as long as you know how much that costs you an in interest. And then you get to say, I feel good about that or that stresses me out. I'm not going to do it. Right? Knowledge is power. Absolutely. And what you're highlighting right now is so important and one of the strongest outcomes of coaching is that when as a coach when we ask questions when we say well what are your options how do you feel what do you think the positioning of the client in that of redirecting the client back to their inner wisdom at the end of the day teaches the client that they have the capacity to stand on their own two feet, no matter what the situation is that they're facing. And the actual methodology of coaching trains the client to rely on their inner wisdom. 100%. That gave me goosebumps just hearing you say that out loud, because I have a lot of students who come back to me eventually and want to be money healers or money coaches because they're so good at it. And they came thinking they weren't good at it. And so it's really powerful to see someone step into that trust with themselves and rely on themselves. Like you said, going back to that inner wisdom, we're just, we live in a world that teaches us not to do that. And so, you know, it's like we're peeling back the onion layer to get back to the thing that is a superpower for all of us really, but we just don't pay attention to it sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, one of our one of our trainers, Bonnie, she has a really great way of looking at it that says, you know, when you're when you're mentoring folks and you're giving them information like best practices, you're you're pouring into the client. And you're when you're asking questions to really orient the client to their inner knowing, you're pulling it out of yeah. Mm, so good. It's such a, it's a pretty juxtaposition. So I know that folks are probably really curious um, about your practice and what it's like to live the life of a money healer. Can you walk us through your day? What is today? Give us a sense of your practice. Give us a total sense of what you do, how you do it, and, and, Draw back the curtains. What is your day like? <laughs> it's chaos. No, <laughs> I am. Well, I, I'm very structured in how I start my day. I think that's really important, especially as an entrepreneur, because you don't have a boss to tell you what you should be doing. And so, you know, I'm a pretty early to bed person. I get eight to nine hours and I wake up without an alarm and I so appreciative of that luxury that I have. I spend time in meditation and journaling. It's something I always recommend, at least the journaling aspect um, that my students practice. I spend time walking, moving my body, and I practice something. So I have expansion time in the morning where I like to learn something new, separate from when I'm researching for a new program, but just expanding my brain and you know, it could just be in life or around a coaching um, methodology. 
um, I practiced something fun. So I've been practicing um, my Spanish on Duolingo. And so I really set myself up to be in a really flowy space. And for me, I work, my creativity is pretty, um, it's pretty hopping in the morning. And so I will often, um, in this space, I'm either going to be writing a blog, I'm going to be writing curriculum in the morning for probably you know, two to three hours or I'm recording videos. So I find that early in the morning, mid morning is where I really feel creative and I'm really buzzing. And so I try to package the things I need to do in that space, eat lunch. After that, I'm usually, um, I might be doing some admin tasks or I'm heading into coaching calls. For me, I don't do any more than um, two to three hours of one-to-one calls a day. And I'm only doing one-to-one calls maybe like two to three days a week. And part of that reason is how my business is structured is that individuals are required to go through one of my base programs, which are either self-guided or group coaching um, structured in order to get to -to one-to-one. Because for me as a coach, they won't get as much progress if they haven't had that foundation. And so that's something I learned very quickly, just doing one-to-one and realizing like, oh, if this individual had the base of one of my programs, we would be like rocking it out of the park right now. And so I have very limited time where I do actual one-to-one. I spend a lot of time in my um, group coaching program. So I'll do that. I, I'm not someone who works until five or six at night. I will do evening calls if a specific student can't work in with the schedule. But that's one of the things that, you know, in the Entrepreneur 101 class that I teach for Lumia is, you know, what kind of life do you want? Do you want to shut it down at three o'clock so you have time with your kids? How many hours do you want to work? And so for me, I know my brain starts to to shift down in the afternoon. And so that's when I'll grab the dog. We go for another walk. Um I go for another walk. I kind of do some things around the house. I might do some admin. And sometimes after dinner, I catch a second wind. And that might be where I am updating website stuff or writing more curriculum. And so I give myself a pretty flowy space. I try to be very structured with blocks of time, knowing that there's probably a certain amount of time per hours that I need to be doing per week on certain things. And then I allow myself to kind of shift them around based on how I'm feeling. I know enough now heading into year five that I can't force myself to shoot videos if energetically I'm not in it. Because what happens is I get to re-record all of those videos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much it. I give myself license to or permission to flex in and out of my workflow if it feels good. So if that means I have caught a creative streak on a Saturday, I will ride that creative streak. And if that means on a Monday or a Tuesday, I don't feel my normal flow, I will do something to disrupt the kind of ookiness or to get myself out of the like, I don't want to work. And so for me, light structure has been really powerful and then giving myself flexibility and trusting that I always get it done. I always get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that beautiful window, you know, into your day, your business and your life. And, and there's so much that's coming up for me that I think is really valuable for coaches. Um, the first thing that I heard was understanding your circadian rhythm. 
like understanding what time of day is best to really tackle certain things. Um, for me, if I have a piece of writing that needs to be done first thing in the morning, because by the time I get to the end of the day, my brain is just pickled yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm not able to flow in the same way. Um, I also really appreciated when you were talking about the setup of your program, that one of the things that you do is really understand the pace of the learner. And that's something that we teach in the ICF core competencies for coaching certification is that when we're working with a client, we need to understand where that client is at and, and match them in their journey. So as you said, folks have to go through your base program first so that they have a foundation of knowledge that you can work with. How did you figure that out? Well, I figured it out doing one-to-one. And taking on students who hadn't done a program and just, you know, if they were afraid of a group setting, which is very real, it's it's a little different now as we're in a space where everyone knows what Zoom is. But when I first started doing this, I have always been virtual. Um, some individuals were scared about getting on a group video call, like, like totally makes sense. So I would take on students that would just prefer to be private. And we would do maybe a session once a week. And I just started to recognize that the the power of group is really, really, it, it, it can help a student go so much faster, make so much progress, especially when it comes to my particular niche of money. This is already something that it took a lot for that individual to even come to me, to even sign up for it, because money for many of us is stressful. It's scary. We're in an avoidance space. We don't want to pay attention to it. We've got a lot of shame around it. And it's it was really easy for that student to continue to stay in avoidance. And I think you said this, Noel, in one of your classes, when I first went through Lumia that has stuck in my brain, that was, I will not work harder than you. Like I I can only get my students so far, but they also have to show up. And so I started to realize that individuals who were in even the self-guided group that had a Facebook community, and then eventually in my Fierce Finances program, where it was group coaching based, they showed up every week and they actually made progress and they showed up when they didn't want to because they had individuals cheering for them in the Facebook group or the Slack channel. And so I just had this aha as I'm continuing to just look at how are my students progressing? Are they achieving the transformation that I have said they're going to achieve? Are they showing up? Is it me? So just kind of looking at everything as a data point, I realized that it's not enough for a student to show up one-to-one when it came to their money, in my, in my instance, in the type of, of client that I attract. Oh, yeah. And, and that's, such, that's such an important point. And I remember talking about that um, in the olden days when I used to teach classes, which I miss, by the way. <laughs> I, I miss our students. Um, is, you know, because coaching is a discipline that, isn't widely understood. Sometimes folks will mistake the opportunity to work with a coach for friendship 
um, they they might find a stigma with therapy or they might want to accomplish something and expect the coach to do it for them. And, and that's not the way that that coaching works or the way that coaching goes. And so, you know, having those boundaries with clients is really important. In your own work, how do you deal with big emotions and tough cookies? Mm. <laughs> it's an instance where you have to read the room, right? And I'm, as is taught in Lumia, I am a permission-based coach and that's how I guide. And so my students come to me because I come from this very, I lead with my heart and I come from a space of like, you are where you are with your money and there's no need to shame or anything. And, you know, money's a thing. Like we get to get better at it and move on and improve. And sometimes in those moments, number one, there, you do have to detach yourself a little bit. And I think that can be hard when you're first starting out as a coach because you tie so much of your effectiveness as a coach with the progress of the student. And sometimes you've done all you can do and that student is just not in the space where they want to show up. So number one, I learned that very quickly. The second thing is if I find that this student is really struggling, I will approach it in a couple of different ways. I will make sure I understand and know the student. I, I take a lot of um, not pride's not the right word, but it's very important to me as, as individuals are stepping into my group space that I feel like I have a good understanding of where they are. And then I am paying attention to how they are interacting with the students in that room so that I can understand and know as a coach where my edge is with them. I have some students where I can be very direct with them and I can say, um, do I have your permission to be direct in this moment? right? And so most of those students will invite me in. If it's a student that is spinning and is just not in the right space, then I get to have a private conversation with them outside of the room. This is, hey, are you okay? So I'm always going to lead with love. If someone is spinning and not moving forward, I'm, I am assuming positive intent and I am wanting to make sure that they're okay because the reality is hashtag life can be really tough. And they might be struggling with something that they just don't feel comfortable saying in the larger room. And so I always want to approach that first. And then at some point, I will have to say, I'm concerned about your progress, you know, based on the goals that you set forth as you were starting this program, we're not there. And so can you help me understand other things that are impacting? Do you not feel safe? Like, then we just kind of get to go into a very curious conversation. And sometimes the reality is life just hit them with a lot of unexpected things. And then for me as a coach, staying in my integrity, I was like, how about we put this on hold and we're going to roll you into another cohort. And I've done that so many times and it pays off because then that student gets to come back in a better mental space and a better emotional space. And then they get to achieve the transformation that they wanted in the first place. That is so beautiful. For thank you for working in that way. Yeah. It's um it's you know it's so important to you know as we are in the business of transformation understand that not every client who comes to the table no matter how hard they want that transformation is in the right place to begin taking action towards their goal. 
and that folks might need to sit in ideation for a little bit longer. They might need to sit in learning for a little bit longer before they really start picking up those pieces. Um, I know that so many of our listeners are probably really curious and um, wanting some juicy nuggets of the magic that you bring <laughs> into your classrooms and into your sessions. Can you give us a teaser and share a little bit about some of the you know top things that you teach or things that all of us could benefit from? Mm, oh, I love that. Well, first and foremost, in any of my programs, we are always going to start with the money story that we have. And we all have a money story. That means we have beliefs about our money that are probably subconscious that we're not aware of that we learned growing up, right? So we are taking in as we're younger how the adults in our lives are talking about money. How are they spending money? Are you going shopping when you're having a bad day? Like, just what was money like growing up? Because the reality is, you have beliefs around that experience. And those beliefs are either serving you really well or they're not serving you well. And so that's one of the biggest nuggets that we start with because most individuals don't understand the neuroscience behind that. They don't understand how the brain's developing. And, you know, we don't go too nerdy about it. But if I can shed some light on some of those things, number one, it, it helps them just release any stress or shame that they might have around money because then they start to realize, oh, there are a lot of these things I'm doing that I actually didn't have control over. And they also get to understand just how powerful neuroscience is, how we can actually create new habits and new neural pathways in very simple ways. And so understanding our money story is really, really important, especially if you are sharing money with a partner. Um, that's really important because we all have money stories. So that's the first thing I always want individuals to understand. I want them to understand we do a lot of training around, you know, what is money? It's a thing like a sock. <laughs> I always laugh about that. You know, no one's stressed out about their socks. Um, but money, if we think about it, only 8% of the currency in the world is actually in physical form. 92% wow. is on a spreadsheet somewhere on a yeah. Drive, right? Do they even call them zip drives anymore? I don't even know. But the purpose of that is to allow individuals to start expand their way of thinking around money. If everyone went to the bank today to go and get their money, it could not happen. And so we put so many boxes around money being this tangible thing. And I, I want them to approach their money like a relationship they care about. It is all about the interactions with it. When we care for someone, we want to spend time with them. We say nice things about them. We trust them. We trust they're always going to show up for us. There are just things we do inherently that we can apply to our money. And so we start to practice that in the very first week. And that's really powerful because our words matter. Our brains will believe what we're telling our brains. And so your words matter, how you talk about money and the energetics and how you're operating around it matter and start to spend time with it. Money is a thing. It cannot bite you. Everything is just a data point. 
then we spend a lot of time on, you know, you've heard me say this earlier, but money isn't complicated. Humans are. So we spend a lot of time in understanding ourselves as humans. Like, you know, do you know your habits around money? Do you know your emotions around money? Because I guarantee if you track that for two weeks, you're going to see that when you have a meeting with Carol um, on this certain day, you are shopping online because you're so stressed out about it. Like you will see the patterns um, and how how money is showing up, which is basically the symptom. Mon- how you're operating in your behavior with money is a symptom of something deeper. And so we get to peel back those layers and then we get to say, okay, what are my values for my life? What's the vision for my life? And how do I actually start to use money as a tool to help me live those things? If my students understand and know the values for their life, at any moment, they can look at their bank account and say, is my spending in alignment with the values of my life? That's powerful. That's not about cutting out a latte. That's about using your money as leverage to help you live a really amazing life. Absolutely. And that future vision, I think, is, is something that we can all carry with us is, you know, is our money story, our relationship in alignment with our future, with our existence. And that's so powerful. So I have tingles. (laughs) Rihanna, thank you so much for your time today. I hope that you have inspired so many future money healers out there to join the coaching industry because um, it's a big, big world out there and so many folks need support. Where can our listeners find you to learn more, work with you, um, join your classes, work with you one-on-one? Yeah. So they can find me at theschoolofbuddy.com. They will see all my offerings there. My main course is Fierce Finances. They can also go through a certification with me to learn how to help their clients move through their money blocks as a coach. Um, And then they can find me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. And that's at the School of Buddy as well. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful, inspiring, all the feels. And if you would also like to hang with Brianna in entrepreneurship one-on-one, you can find her inside of our Lumia classrooms. All right, folks, I hope you're having a great day and everyone be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.